Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, this is Leon Dreisettel from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott with you. It's Friday night in Edmonton. We're talking about an Elks win for the first time this year. We're also talking about your favorite all-time uh, play-by-play moments. Is there a moment that really sort of highlighted what play-by-play is? What it, you know, something that really just sticks in your head. The golden goal, for example, or as Fred has texted in at 780-496-0063, Paul Henderson's goal. The 72 Summit Series. Of course. Of course. Don Whitman, another suggestion here on the text line. We'll get back to that uh, in a little bit here, but keep them coming. We'll weave those in throughout the show. Your uh, your memorable, most memorable all-time sports call. But for now, uh, we're hoping to have more memorable calls throughout the second half of this football season. We got a couple of them, and we finally got this man calling a win on 6.30, Ched, last night. And, and not before an hour and 47-minute long weather delay. Morley Scott joins us now, the play-by-play play voice of the team on 630 Chad Morley you guys mustn't have gotten to the hotel uh, very like it it would have been wee hours of the morning what time did you guys get back into town today Uh, we got in a great time it was just uh, it's about 1030 today that that, that's the good news the bad news we had a uh, 330 wake up in Hamilton which is 130 Alberta time and uh, we flew at, everything went on time through Hamilton to Calgary and then we had a little delay in Calgary but we got home in, in pretty decent time uh, landing I think around 20 after 10 or so uh, this morning there's been a large nap in my day today though Brendan so don't worry about me <laughs> okay perfect uh, listen this is it's got to be a lot easier uh, for the players when they're flying back coming off of a win is it nice for you and Dave to be flying back coming off of the first win since September 16 of last year yeah it's it's been a long time coming and I, I feel so happy for the uh for the organization and for the players who've been you know coming so close uh over those uh over that stretch of games and then for the coaching staff that's been working hard to try and get that victory i mean it's only one win there's still one in nine which is not uh not nearly good enough but uh, at least it took a step in the right direction and played a pretty decent football game for the first time in a while they got both sides of the ball playing very well together which is something we haven't seen much of at all this year it looks like there's, you know, so much to build on now. I don't want to overstate things too much, but Trey Ford looked confident. He looked like he was getting some plays called for him that they could really start to at least make the defense think about the medium option or think about yeah. Trey's legs. There was a lot more variety, I would suggest, last night. 
he keeps them in uh, defenses in check. There's no doubt about that because they've got to realize that if, they get, if he gets outside of the pocket, it's going to be a long night for them, and they're going to be uh, running around an awful lot. So, yeah, absolutely. He's brought some kind of spark to the offense. And uh, what I was thinking about uh, today, uh, Brendan, is this. Like, when you look at Trey Ford's numbers, they're far from spectacular. Like, he hasn't thrown for 200 yards in a game, but uh, he's, he's made smart plays. He's, for the most part, been in control of the football and not given it away. He's had the one interception, which came in his uh, in his first start against Winnipeg. Didn't have any interceptions in the game last night. Had a couple of touchdowns. What was he? 174 yards last night. 189, I think it was, against Winnipeg. He ran for 60 last night. Ran for 50 against the Bombers. So not spectacular numbers, but despite that, the team's playing well around him. And and I think that's the thing that they're building on is the fact that he's going to get better. Uh, uh, he's going to improve. He's, his numbers are going to get better as they move forward and he gets more experience and gets a chance to, to start more. Uh, let's not forget, he hasn't played a lot of football. And, and I mean, I mean that even going back to his college days because he went to, he went to university and played university football during COVID. So he had a canceled season and a shortened season in there. So uh, he's, he's a guy who still... Uh, is playing and starting the Canadian Football League, but hasn't played a lot of football game in 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 the last you know seven years or so. So he's going to get better, and I think uh, I think the Elks are really excited about what uh, what the possibilities are with him. Which leads a lot of people right now to be saying like, why didn't this happen sooner? Well, there was a lot of evidence that maybe this couldn't have or shouldn't have happened sooner. You don't want to throw somebody in before they're ready. It looks like they took their time and let this marinate and play out naturally, even if it was just that competition between him and Daggy through the bye week. Uh, it, it seems like they've handled it properly here with Jackson at the home. I think so, and I think Brendan, you know the world, right? Especially when you're when you're not winning, everybody jumps on, on every decision that was made. Instead of maybe taking the, uh, the negative, let's take the positive and say instead of throwing Trey Ford in this season before he was ready, uh, they made sure he was ready, and they gave him the start when he was ready, and that's why he's, he's being effective in, in in the two games. And I mean, as I said earlier, he's not, he hasn't been lights out. He's been very solid and very good. And there's lots of room for growth, uh, but he hasn't been lights out and he hasn't played perfect football. So uh, I think it's a credit that maybe the coaching staff was patient enough to wait and, and, and make this move at this point. Um, I I'll even admit, I would have liked to seen it sooner, but you know, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sort of uh, defer to the, the guys who've been in football their entire lives coaching it and uh, let them make that decision, which they did. And it's, so far, it's, it's working out okay. Seems like the confidence around the whole operation, Morley, is high. And, and as evidenced by the fact that they were willing to try that trick play, the 45-yard pass from Taylor Cornelius on the fake sneak to A.C. Leonard. And, and you know, well drawn up, well executed, uh, right down to the one-handed stick in the paw out there and hauling it in. Like, that that was well designed, and they had the, the courage to pull it off. Yeah, uh, AC Leonard uh, was a receiver, as we all know, back in uh, in the early part of his career. That was his first reception since 2015, when he was playing for the BC Lions, uh, and he was just a good tackle away from getting his third career touchdown. It's the longest uh, pass uh, reception he's had in his career. I don't know if he's going to get many more, but it certainly was a great play last night, and it came out of nowhere because there was no sense that that was coming at all. But that wasn't the only one. Don't forget, they also went first series in the game, and I think it was the first series in the second half uh, on a third and medium, they went for it. Third and three in the first uh, series in the first half, and I think it was third and five in the second half. 
And those almost connected as well. I mean, Eugene Lewis is probably saying, I should have caught that football in the first half on that first series. And that was like right around the uh, the two-yard line. And then Dylan Mitchell, uh, I mean, uh, they threw that ball, Trey Ford threw that ball into double coverage. There was three guys around him by the time it got there. And uh, he almost came down with that one. Both guys had it in their hands but couldn't hang on to it. So the courage to do the, 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 the quasi-trick play to A.C. Leonard, the courage to do those on, on third down, third and three, and third and five, I think that shows you how, um, how, how, how they feel about their offense and how confident they are in making those plays. So I liked it last night. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of variation in the play calling, uh, lots of variation in the offense. I mean, um, let me see here. One, two, three, four, five guys rushed the ball last night. Seven guys caught a pass. Eight guys were targeted. So the ball got spread around a whole bunch on the offense, and I really like to see that. And it looks a lot more akin to what we've seen other teams running against at Edmonton in the first half of the season. Now they look like, and, and I know this is a silly blanket statement, but they look like a CFL football team all of a sudden with the way they're running plays and not just throwing it two or three yards down the field. And They're getting first downs and, and they're able with a short yardage game to keep the other team's defense on the field. So uh, even if it was just against Hamilton, you know, they're going to get another opportunity, Morley, to prove again against a similar style or a similar level of team that they can repeat this process and right now regardless of wins or losses I think as long as you're repeating a quality process that's a win too yeah, absolutely right. They're they're all of a sudden they're a fun team to watch again, and I think that's very important from not just uh, not just our our uh, perspective, but the fans' perspective as well. Giving them an opportunity to see a, a, a football team that's not going to be doing the same thing, that's going to do different things, it's going to get everybody involved in it. And then there's that that element of surprise and wondering what Trey Ford's going to do if he gets in trouble and can't find a receiver. So yeah, absolutely right. Uh, it's uh, all of a sudden it's an interesting team to watch again, especially offensively, which had been missing for a lot of the season. Chatting with the voice of the team, Morley Scott, who uh, had a very late night last night after an hour and 47-minute weather delay. My goodness. And then as you guys were into the game, we were getting pelted by a, a hail, nickel-sized hail here in Edmonton. So there was, there's no good weather to be found seemingly anywhere in Canada right yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think it didn't matter where they played the game last night. Here or there, it probably would have been in a delay of some sort, right? Yeah, apparently. Uh, team, while it, uh, off to an auspicious start, they had... Just five penalties, two of them coming in the first drive, I think, with the uh, the too many men in the huddle again, and uh, and then followed that up with a procedure penalty, and I'm face-palming as hard as anybody at that point, but they didn't let that overcome them. They didn't let that be the narrative of the game, and that was something that was identified by a couple of the listeners as well. They didn't really have that total implosion that we've seen. Yeah, for sure. And let's not forget that that, that second penalty last night for uh, no end was was rescinded, right? Uh, the command center turned that one over. So uh, they did get they did get penalties, but they weren't. You're right. They weren't those face palm penalties uh, last night. They had five penalties for 42 yards. They did that on one drive against Winnipeg last week, right? <laughs> so that certainly shows an improvement. In fact, they did more than that in one drive. They had 50 yards in penalties in that one drive against uh, or Winnipeg's drive that led to a touchdown uh, in the game last 
last week. So, yeah, that's a big improvement for sure. And, and you know, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, right? You stay in the penalty box, you're going to be a better team. <laughs> Without a doubt. Uh, Jake Zarezna, a couple of sacks last night, Morley. Uh, and, and somebody that I think they're really going to need more out of in the second half of the season. It was nice to see him get out there. He's not taking the penalties. He's, he's been more active and involved. And with him and A.C. Leonard both going on that defensive line, that's a pretty dynamic duo. Oh, it sure is. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who uh, I think plays better when he's on the inside of the defensive line. They, they moved him outside a little bit this year. I just didn't think he was as effective. Uh, he got moved back in. I believe the game in Winnipeg was where he got moved back inside. Uh, that's when uh, when uh, Elliot Brown came into the lineup, I think. And, and uh, I just think he's been much better than started the season well playing on the inside. When he got moved back inside, he played well, too. A couple of sacks last night and uh, really played well. It was, uh, it was a lot of pressure last night. They really, uh, they really had Powell running around last night. Uh, got to him seven times, which is a great, uh, great sign as well. So uh, it was, uh, it was a good performance by the defense. I know everyone's talking about the offense, and you know the offense is, is the sexy part of football, right? That's what everybody, everybody, you know, that's why they buy the tickets, right? But it's the defense that wins championships, as the old saying goes. So uh, you got to be better. They had to be better defensively than they were last night. They were doing the things that a Chris Jones defense does, and that's get pressure on the quarterback and take his time and space away. A couple more questions for you here as we wrap up uh, a, a stretch of the schedule, as I alluded to, that still breeds plenty of opportunity for this team to put one win in front of another win in front of another win here. Let's not put the cart before the horse, but uh, you know how, how big could this one win be when you're thinking about when it came after the changes, not only on the field, but off the field? And, and it was a slow boil, too, right? They they didn't win that first game after they made the changes, but they played better, and there was a spark there, and people got excited, and then they went into the second game and got a win. And now, like I phrased it with uh, with Chris Jones last night in a post-game show, they kind of put themselves in a position to put themselves in a position to get back into this, right? Uh, it's only one win, and they, they got a lot of work to do, but at least they have the teams that they're chasing in front of them on the schedule, and we've talked a lot about this. I mean, uh, next week they play Ottawa. Uh, the week after that, they've got Calgary the week after that they've got Calgary and if they can be successful in those games and goodness gracious if they can get a streak going then they can start thinking about Saskatchewan who they have the week after that so um, yeah they got a chance now to get on a run and tighten up the race for a playoff spot not only for the crossover but for a western playoff spot too if they can get going and win these games it's you know it's it's a it's a it's an uphill climb still but they've got a chance to do it it's just unbelievable that this is all happening, but it's happening in a year in which no team in the CFL is really putting a ton of distance between themselves and the Elks. So while everybody can snicker and what have you at now just a one-win football team, that's only two wins away from where a lot of other programs are at right now. So we've seen Chris Jones take a team and, and despite a, a struggling start, spin a second half of a season into a playoff appearance. We've seen that before. Yeah, indeed. There's been a lot of teams over the course of history in the CFL that have uh, come alive in the second half. And the old saying, right, marathon, not a sprint. And uh, they're getting into the second half of the season now. And again, they're in a position to do it. There's there's three teams that have three wins. There's one team that has four wins. And uh, you got to catch uh, two of them in the West or three of them, two from the East and one from the West to make the playoffs. So it's definitely a possibility. They got to keep playing well and they got to still get better. But they're, you know, they're putting themselves in a position to do it. 
I think if they would have lost that game last night in Hamilton, uh, the hole would, I believe, be too big to to climb out of. But, uh, you know, they kind of started the second half of the season on a fresh note and got the win, and now we'll see what they can do with uh, these important games coming up over the next uh, three or four weeks. Starting next Sunday, they finally get, or I say, they get another opportunity for some couple of days of rest. They can soak in this win, remember what it feels like. Morley, I want you to soak in some relaxation. Go get back to the recliner and uh, kick the feet up, okay? Thanks for your time tonight. Yeah, anytime, Brandon. Good to talk to you, man. There is our play-by-play man, Morley Scott, on 6.30, Chad, for the Elks broadcast. And, uh, yeah, he'll be uh, into a nice, deep snooze real soon here, I think, after a late one, a late, late one. They weren't out of there until well after midnight last night, Eastern time. Of course, we got off the air at about, what, 10.45 or so, Kellen? That was that was a fun. It's a lot easier to stay awake, even amid the weather delay when the team is playing football like that, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think back, I, I was, I produced last night, I produced a, the infamous game back in Winnipeg a few years back too, where we uh, uh, kind of broke uh, the, uh, the, 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 I guess the, the length of time that we had <laughs> set aside for, uh, you know, getting the broadcast in and that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we went well into the early morning hours that night as well. And um, yeah, but it both games... Your double E have come out on top. So maybe that's the key. <laughs> maybe we need to be taking teams into like the extra, what is it, the deep waters of, uh, you know, Rain delays and stuff, and Dragon everything. Although, man, some of the some of the CFL, um, I'm looking at the CFL rulebook and some of those uh, things that they they have to institute if a game can't continue and everything. That's that's scary. And of course, that was going through my mind as well. Like, okay, it could be a tie. Certainly. I mean, they had worked themselves into a position where they were actually going to win a football game or could hang on to win a football game, and suddenly you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs for an hour and a half, wondering are they even going to be allowed to finish this? And fortunately mm-hmm. for everybody involved, they were. They didn't have to wait the full three hours. And I think that is the, uh, the amount of time that has to eclipse before you would uh, actually cancel the game. They didn't play each other again, so it would have been a conclusion rather than a, a shootout-style finish where mm-hmm. they have if you do play one more time. So it, it's all kinds of convoluted. And the reason that it is is because this happens all the time in the Canadian League. I mean, you, you, you just see it... like eight times this year already there's been weather delays maybe not that long mm-hmm. but you know something they definitely have to uh, to account for gm parisian says uh, total nonsense can't think of a time ever where fans football paddles even play-by-play guys were collectively questioning the handling of the quarterback position the rope that chris jones gave both cornelius and ford unprecedented seemed personal says gm parisian bizarre coaching Well, I don't know, man. Like, I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that there was way too much leash given to Taylor Cornelius. I I think that I can confidently say that Chris Jones is a pretty... He's a pretty stubborn coach, right? He's got a way of going about things. And I'm not sure that it would have changed sooner had they made the change sooner. But what I do know for sure is that he's taken teams that have struggled out of the gate. Once that buy-in happens, once that clicks, suddenly everyone's playing Chris Jones football, and that's hard to beat. He's been a winner in this league before. We believe that he'll do it again, but obviously a long way to go. One win out of ten so far opportunity on Sunday to make it too. We'll step out here on Inside Sports back with more of your text messages 780-496-0063 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan Escott with you tonight. Special shout out to our friends at Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years now. Might feel like 40 years since Edmonton's last won a football game at Commonwealth Stadium. Vic saying often forgotten is this in this Elks losing streak, excuse me, is the play-by-play guys having to call it. Morley and Dave have been very, very good at calling the very bad. Well done, guys. That's from Vic. Appreciate that text in, Vic. We're going to talk lacrosse for the next half hour. The Minto Cup is in town at the Bill Hunter Arena for the next seven days starting Sunday. It's the best Junior A lacrosse in the country. It's fantastic. It's some of the best lacrosse you're going to lay eyes on. We're going to talk to the head coach of Miners Lacrosse Club, John Lentz. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. Champion with the Edmonton Rush. Colorado Mammoth as well. Teacher at St. Francis Xavier. He's a busy guy during the winter, but we found some time here so he could tell you all about the Minto Cup coming up. That after a global news weather traffic update. It's Brendan Escott in with you Friday night here on Inside Sports.